0: Just for, for uh, the sake of listeners who may not be familiar with this uh, this terminology, what is the story of the Antichrist and the Moonchild?
1: Well, um, anybody who's at least heard about things that happen in Secret History of Twin Peaks, there's some mention of the Moonchild mm-hmm. in specific regard to Alistair Crowley, right. um, who's a magician and an occultist, which I think it's interesting that Dale's uncle is called Al, the magician, and just (laughs) pet theory. Um, But there's reference to that, and the moon child is essentially um, another term for the Antichrist in Alistair Crowley's um, Bible, as it were. Yeah, The idea being that this child would be born in in religious practices the antichrist is born of a jackal okay um so there's that particular element but i don't think that really shows up here the moon child seems more to be something that's summoned Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um and really is the idea in that in the secret history they talk a lot about the moon child would be fought over by the magicians of the white lodge and the magicians of the black lodge right so i really think that imagery fits him
0: yeah who else who else is that gonna who else is that gonna be about right because as soon as he comes to twin peaks there's there there seems to be the the and you mentioned it earlier that this all happens in a very condensed period of time and that could be a result of the the intensity of that experience is related to the fight over dale that is happening um between the black and the white lodges right
1: yeah
0: if he is if he is the moon child or if he is the the antichrist
1: and he's always so drawn to the extremes he doesn't see areas of gray even though he is a living gray area
0: yes exactly um so that's all that's all well and good and and a very interesting theory that uh like we said we've encountered it before it's not uh we we are not the progenitors of this theory but but it is something really interesting that i i kind of like it's interesting in this book i think if mark frost were the one handling this i could see it being much more linked to the Moonchild aspect because he seems to be more interested in the occult just based yeah. on on secret history um but this book and then leading into firewalk with me seems to have a lot more to deal with Um, more traditional religious imagery so the antichrist um, does seem to fit more but again it's yeah it's just a fun theory that kind of but it does work right like it does kind of explain why death is following around there's one um
1: section of time where he's really depressed mm-hmm. he has a couple segments of depression
0: mm.
1: in his story and he's he goes looking for um a healer he yes. says and he tries a bunch of different religions yeah. and there's some pretty good religious jokes in there yeah um which i can appreciate <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then the very last place he goes is to see a native american shaman and the shaman laughs at him right when he says that he feels like he's been cursed by evil, yeah, and after he's laughed at, then he sort of feels better about it. I kind of when I read it, I'm like,
2: it put him in perspective, like, no, you're just a dude. Like you're not cursed by anything. yeah, just have some have some humility. you're You're not that special that evil is haunting you, which doesn't go with the rest of the text, but I think it was perhaps comforting to him to think, like, oh no, this this real holy man could see through it and he he's not worried <laughs> you know he likes
1: especially because it seems that the only real religious perspectives he puts any stock in are those of native americans yes mm-hmm.
0: exactly well and the, well, and and the yeah, tibetan and tibet, tibet. But, yeah yeah um but i guess the the native american perspective on religion or the theology would be the closest thing on this continent that we have to that kind of um holistic tibetan Uh, worldview yeah like a
2: shamanistic kind of yeah yeah yeah
0: um so maybe that's why maybe his early experiences with religion being or the ones that speak to him the most are these native american traditions and that's what what why he ends up being drawn to tibet tibet Mm -hmm. isn't really brought up a lot in this book there's a few mentions of of things but it's not like. well i mean
2: yeah the way i interpreted the three-year gap or whatever at the start is that he went to Tibet he actually traveled okay
0: see we talked about this last night too Eileen because um in the show he mentions he hasn't been to Tibet that's
2: right he's never been yeah but
0: but there's enough inconsistencies in this book that you could definitely come away with that yeah or he
2: he went he couldn't make it to Tibet he couldn't get into China but he Mm -hmm. went to Nepal or he went to you know Thailand and and did you know their terror with Doctor
1: Strange Yeah exactly yeah, yeah. he comes yeah. back and the only clues we have about where he's been yeah. are the list that he makes of skills yes. that he has yeah. and there's a couple things in there namely bread baking yeah. and rice planting right that we thought were intriguing so we thought okay if he he hasn't gone to Tibet where could he have gone in the states and so, um, Texas is one one state where they plant rice. Yeah. Um, California is another. There definitely is in the southwestern area of right. the country very um, prevalent Native American influence, yeah. mm-hmm. is, and especially at this time um, with larger reservations such as they were. Yeah. Um, and I also think there's another portion of the book where he says he spent some time in a um, mountain village, right, mm-hmm. and that's really ambiguous because there are mountain villages in the states, but when you hear mountain and village, yeah, you're yeah. thinking eastern. Yes, yeah. of
0: course. So, I mean, I think it's ambiguous enough that you could read it either way. He, he, maybe, maybe, and we haven't gotten into this yet, but we will. That maybe the the Dale Cooper in the book did go to Tibet while the Dale Cooper in the show didn't, and they can exist simultaneously. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, But but it's possible that he did, um, like we said, maybe he spent some time in in New Mexico or Southern California or someplace where he could have learned to bake bread and uh, plant rice and sit in small rooms. Um, And these are areas that are heavily, heavily uh, referenced in The Secret History of Twin Peaks, in um a lot of the ufo lore um it's just a very potent area of the world Mm -hmm. right so i think that's that's definitely an option if we if we view him as we do from the tv show having not left the continental united states then that would be my guess is where he where he went but open to interpretation, yeah, I it's, think.
2: It's it's interesting. Yeah. I, I liked I really liked that that he just came back a changed man. Yeah. Three years later and yeah. you're like, just it doesn't matter. Yeah. this is the new enlightened Dale. Right. It was nice. Yeah. One interesting thing is uh, in the, the book they they have little snippets from other characters. Yes. And it's it's a very interesting take because like uh, it's the brother uh, Marie's brother yeah says that well my Cooper fell in love for the first time well not counting the time he tied up my sister yeah which means a mm-hmm. he knows <laughs> about tying up he, did he uh, listen to the tapes or yeah, was he there what, or like what? what was going on and yeah. well but not only that it's it's a it's like obviously he, this person has much more understanding of Cooper's situation than Cooper did at 13 or 14. right? Like this guy knew like, Oh no, he, he had something going for my sister when he tied her up, he he didn't sign up to do that just for getting his, uh, his ego scout badge. badge. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's, that's an interesting little device because it's kind of not really, but sort of similar to what happens in the diary of Laura Palmer Mm -hmm. where, uh, Bob appears on page. Right. And you're like, well, this is a totally separate voice and it, it provides a bit of a different point of view. Um, yeah. And here it's kind of the same thing, right? It's it's yeah. it's someone outside dropping in a little tidbit, yeah.
0: Um,
2: and and it kind of just puts some of his entries into perspective. Yeah. The one about this is uh, Marie being an obvious choice. Um, something else about well, there was the the friend who became a priest. I right. don't remember who that one right. is. But it, he he was talking about Dale's religious experiences. Wasn't I it? think or so. Cars
1: maybe yeah, something about a, a dodge dart <laughs> yeah 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 and that's then right. there is the one um with his roommate from college right. Howard, Howard who ends up going into the military right
2: yeah yeah that's right yeah and yeah and they, they kind of provide little juxtapositions and stuff the, yeah.
0: the, my favorite one is Diane's though because oh, yeah. in in the book we get confirmation that Diane exists yeah she speaks to us yeah well on the page yeah um and that's the, the he, uh, uh, okay. Eileen mentioned that about halfway through the book, he starts addressing his tapes to Diane and they stop taking on that, that like, personal diary angle and start becoming more of his, like, job journal kind of thing. Um, and at this point in the story, he asks her on a date. And they do. They go and they have a peeking duck. Yeah. And the way that Diane describes that experience um it's
1: quite suggestive isn't it let's find that we should find that Mm. diane says special agent cooper dale and i had dinner once we ate chinese we had wonton soup egg rolls and peking duck that's the one where they inflate the bird with air swelling it to over double its original size without a doubt the most delicious skin i've ever eaten firm and at the same time delicate and the meat itself takes on a flavor when slid into the mouth well I couldn't get enough of it (laughs) Uh, what are you talking
0: about Diane what are you really talking about
1: she is having the most erotic experience <laughs> she's ever dog. had while it's eating ever... food.
0: It, it's either an erotic food experience, which fits in very well with um, Coop. with Coop and and just uh, Uncle Jerry and his blancmange yeah. pudding um, <laughs> <laughs> and the smoked cheese, cheese pig, pig. Yeah. Um, or. This is this is code for yeah. Coop's dick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's just let's just be frank about it. It's that it.
2: delicious. She'd go back yep. for more. I think swells up
0: to <laughs> twice its size. <laughs> Slide it into the mouth. It's very suggestive, yeah. um, and that is something that uh, I think people might be uh, put off by, especially people who don't believe that Diane exists. Um, would all of a sudden be like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Not only does she exist, but..." they boned but they had a relationship and then then once once one thing yeah um i always kind of pictured up until that point in the book um she almost feels like money penny to yes. his james bond mm-hmm. right yes very um, much which and especially the way he describes her as being like a cross between uh what is it a saint and a a cabaret singer yes so um which is a great way to describe yeah. someone and i'm i'm picturing diane in my head and she doesn't in my mind doesn't look like marie she doesn't look like she probably looks no. more like audrey or something like agreed yeah right Dark-haired. like yeah so um so she's different she's she's not someone that that is uh like she's not someone who needs to be like she's not a conquest she's not someone to be devoured I don't think she's somebody who can be devoured right um right by Dale uh, devouring. Uh-huh. but but I feel like like the way that he approaches this in his entry where he asks her out on the date is like it's he he even thinks it's more than than a you know uh, yeah he's like I never mix my private and public life but I really really <laughs> like to have dinner with you um why would he need to say that I think yeah. that was brought up in the in the Twin Peaks Unwrapped uh, podcast as well, right? Like, why would he need to say that if he didn't think that this was an inappropriate thing
1: to do? Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. it's really funny that his first entry after that date is that he realized he didn't know her last name. Right?
0: Yeah, because that's that's what you would think after you sleep yeah. with someone and then you decide this is not what we should do. Yeah. I don't even know her last name. Like that, it's yeah. And then he goes to Canada. Aiden, you wanted to talk about this because uh, you have a special connection to um, one of the places that Dale visits. He takes a drive across. He goes to Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is only a few hours away from us here.
2: Like five.
0: But it's uh, (laughs) um, famous for being... Wasn't it Rudyard Kipling who wrote that Medicine Hat had all hell for a basement
2: Yes, that does sound right. Yes, yeah. Yes.
0: Um, so, so he goes to Medicine Hat and buys uh, some clothes, I think there or something. Yeah. Um, and then he he makes a stop in where Aiden.
2: Flin Flon, Manitoba.
0: Can you tell us about Flin Flon, Manitoba? I can
2: tell you about Flin Flon, Manitoba, because I spent the summer of two thousand two in Flin Flon, Manitoba, and, well it's it's a place uh it's it's i it's kind of it has a funny name i think that kind of sums up Mm -hmm. why anybody would go there to be honest uh it's
0: in canadian lore though it's where the canadian government grew all of its weed for the longest time yes it's medicinal medicinal marijuana marijuana,
2: yes was only okay in flin Flon. uh before that it was a gold mine town so there was a gold mine and there was a gold rush there it founded the town um it's yeah, it's kind of, it's an out-of-the-way place. Like, it's not on a drive through. Like, you have to go pretty far north to get there. Yeah. It's right on the border of Saskatchewan, too. In fact, I spent most of my summer at Denair Beach in Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. Which is about a 5, 10-kilometer drive from okay. Flin But But uh, it's it's an interesting little place. It's a very small town, Canada. Yeah. So, like, It's just yeah. interesting
0: that, that Coop would go there well, it, on his it, drive. Yeah, yeah, it
2: kind of feels a little, like... Uh, it feels like Twin Peaks. It's remote. It's heavily wooded around there. Uh, it's in the shield. It's very, it's, yeah, it it, it has a very Twin Peaks type feel. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know if Scott Frost had ever been up there.
0: I think he probably just looked at a map and yeah, and just Flintstone, picked it. sure. Yeah, it's, it's, again, it's <laughs> a funny name. The like fact, the to f- to fact yeah. that it was a gold town is interesting because gold is something that comes up in The Secret History of Twin Peaks. It's come up in the promotional materials for season three. Um, One of the taglines on the posters is infuse the machine with gold. Um, I think, and and the fact that the font, the colors that they've used for Twin Peaks is now gold and red as opposed to green and red. Mm -hmm. So I think we're gonna, we might see
2: gold, gold, gold or coming or into it yeah. i
0: just thought that was in, maybe they were thinking about this back in.
2: i highly doubt it
0: maybe not i think alchemy comes into play it makes me think of alchemy whenever i think of gold i think yeah. of alchemy which yeah. is
2: but anyway yeah.
0: yeah aiden just wanted a chance to talk about Daenerys beach and flin Flon. yeah um for five definitely
2: minutes. go get a piece of pie i don't I, know if this I don't cafe know if, exists yeah i don't know either Strawberry
0: mousse. the strawberry mousse pie at the florida cafe
2: i think the florida cafe sounded familiar but again i I didn't visit it, at no, least. You no, didn't,
0: you didn't have any pie?
2: I don't think I did have any pie while no. I was there, so sorry. Sorry. Sorry, that is uh, the most <laughs> Canadian
1: thing you've said all day. Uh,
2: <laughs> sorry. Well,
1: I haven't said anything to Wisconsin, so it's <laughs> That's We're all right.
2: right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a cool little town. Cool.
1: Cool.